Get ready for a journey into the heart of Bridgeport politics with In Absentia, a new podcast from Connecticut Public's investigative team, The Accountability Project. Learn about the city's past and present political dysfunction and the systems that enable it. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts. Funding provided by Joe Zimmel and Valerie Friedman. So every year we do a special holiday broadcast with Jim Chapdelaine and Big Al Anderson and anybody else that we can kind of rope into it, we put them all in the studio and we sing songs, we tell stories. And of course, this year it's a little bit difficult. So we had the musicians in one place over in Jim's studios and we had me in another place. We had movie star Ileana Douglas in yet another place. And then we had Jonathan McPants, the producer, try to make it sound like we're all together in more or less the same place, drinking punch and watching the snow come down and watching the Yule logs burn in the fireplace. And we're still singing songs and we're still telling stories. And we hope we can make this bright and fun for you, particularly if you're not getting to go to a regular Christmas party. Support for this podcast comes from Hartford HealthCare. Elevating Health is funded by Hartford HealthCare. ECMO is a leading-edge, life-saving treatment for patients with cardiac or respiratory failure. Dr. Jason Gluck, director of the Mechanical Circulatory Support Program and Emergency Cardiac Care at Hartford Hospital, explains what it is. So ECMO stands for extracorporeal membrane oxygenation, outside the body oxygenation of blood. It's a life support technique that's used by highly sophisticated medical systems for patients with severe heart or lung failure. The technique involves removing blood from the body, oxygening it, and then returning it back. ECMO procedures happen in the ICU, but not all hospitals are equipped with the necessary technology and staff. Dr. Gluck describes Hartford Hospital's ECMO Go team. So ECMO is considered when treatments have failed, and in our center, with a special ECMO on the go team, we'll actually take that technology to their hospital and help them out there if they need to to stabilize the patient and then bring them back to heart for recovery. For more information, go to ctpublic.org slash health. Sometimes, yes, the things I've done for foolish pride 
The me that's never satisfied The face that's in the mirror When I don't like what I see times you must have thought there ain't a line you've drawn I haven't crossed but you set your mind to see this love on through I guess that's just the cowboy we riding I guess that's just the cowboy in a song. That was uh, Big Al Anderson and a band to be named later. It's, it's unclear which incarnation of the band this is, but the main thing you need to know is this is our annual holiday special of the Colin McEnroe Show. We've been doing this, I believe this is year eight of doing it, always with Big Al Anderson and Jim Chapdelaine and a group of other talented musicians and, of course, celebrity cameos, but it is. It's the Christmas season when we celebrate the liberation of Nakatomi Plaza from Hans Gruber. Well, I hope that's not a hostage. And I think there may be other religious stories that go with this. That's the main one that I know. But first of all, Jim and Al, welcome back to our holiday special. Nice to be back, right? It's nice to be anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and so you you guys have been playing for a whole bunch of days now, right? You, you've been uh, touring around the fine state of Connecticut? Yeah, we did four in a row. Woo! We should tell our listeners, just picture a beautiful, beautiful December day, snow on the boughs of the trees, and inside a roaring fire, and a bowl of steaming punch, and a table just laid with salmon and stew. Now, we don't have any of those things. I'm just suggesting that you picture them, because this this is our sort of annual holiday party. But there's, you know, we've sort of struggled a little bit, like everybody else, with the realities of the pandemic. Let me first ask you, Jim, is the band that we're hearing today, is it the Shinolas? Is it the Floor Models? Well, the Floor Models, Shinolas, have a Venn diagram of 75%. So, okay. uh, so yeah, so today is Paul Kahansky on bass and Lauren Entris. We should say a little bit about the, the song we just heard, The Cowboy and Me, which, Al, I understand, was once upon a time number one on the country charts and suddenly is again all because of one national park named Yellowstone. Explain the, the tie-in for me. I wish I could, could tell you more, but all I know so far <laughs> is, is that it went number one on iTunes. I, I'm not, I don't have any information. So, but it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing anyway, yeah. even though I have, I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> so my understanding is, well, Tim McGraw does the song, right? He had the big hit with the song, the number one hit with the song. Yeah, it, they re-recorded it. Yeah. He re-recorded it for Yellowstone. Yellowstone is a series. Yeah, it's, a, it's an acoustic version. Yeah, and this is a, a series that features Kevin Costner and others. And I guess in, in the new season, this song is being used. It's a different era, I think, and I don't even know if Kevin Costner's in it in this particular they They're going backwards in time. I think Kevin Costner always has to be in it. It's like the Benjamin Button of Westerns. At some point, he just, he's got a toy gun now and a, one of those ponies on a stick. Yeah, but I've, and I've never seen the show ever, so... <laughs> you can't be bothered to watch every TV show that your songs appear on. We should say that Al Anderson's music has been recorded by at least 900 different artists. And it would be easier probably to come up with the names of people who haven't recorded 
big Al Anderson songs. For example, has Iggy Pop ever done one of your songs? We were just talking about yes. that. Yes, No Good to Cry. He did No Good to Cry? Yeah. I thought that was <laughs> I thought that was going to be and one of the ones. It's when, they, it's when they were the moving sidewalks. <laughs> That's ZZ Top, yeah. as opposed to Iggy Pop actually came out and played with the Q one time, right? Yeah. Iggy Pop, yeah. 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 With an RBQ, wow. So I mean, it really would be... Much, much easier to name people who haven't done Big Al Anderson songs. Maybe you guys could do another song. All right. Yeah, we should do a uh, song, Al. What do you want to do? It came from the South. Well, black or white, blues are hillbilly. It's got a rock and rhythm, not gonna be silly. And every time I hear it, I'm as good as gone. Up or down, fast or real slow. That's all you're hearing on my radio. And I never get tired, I can listen to it all night long. Well, it scared a lot of people when they first hit town. Didn't understand that they were putting it down But it's lasted up until today We're still rocking around And when they look back Trying to figure it out Where it came from and what it's all about it Didn't come from outer space It came from the south It came from real hard work Sweat from the brow Poor people just a push and a plow They made up a rhythm Trying to pass the time And it came from the truth It came from the heart It came from an old guitar was terrific. Oh, the doorbell. See, that always means, you know what the doorbell means? It means actually someone's at the door, typically. That's what the doorbell means. Let's see who this is. Uh, Wow, it's Ileana Douglas. I don't think we've ever had a movie star come to one of these things before. This is really exciting. Ileana Douglas, you know her from To Die For, from Grace of My Heart, 
from Goodfellas, from I don't know. What do you what do you like to be known for, Liana? Let me first of all, let me take the casserole. I'll just get that out to the kitchen. But thanks very much for bringing it. Uh, somebody will get your coat. But what, like, when you get introduced, what, what do you like to be known for? Well, aside from the Colin McEnroe show, probably uh, Seinfeld. Oh is, yeah, uh, yeah. Carrot Girl from Seinfeld. <laughs> I think that gets a lot of a lot of play. Yeah. Do people like yell stuff out to you at airports about that? Well, no. Usually when I'm at when I'm at an airport, I tell you every time they're they're going through because like I just got back from London. It's still ha- it's like my ongoing joke. I get back from London, it, of course, pull me into the back. I'm ter- I'm suddenly terrified about some secret stash that I put in my bag that I I bought too much uh, candy at Harrods or something. And they're rifling through my bag. And then when they finish, they go, so what's Robert De Niro like? (laughs) (laughs) All right. So first of all, I know that you've, I haven't seen you in a long time. I haven't seen anybody in a long time, but I know that, you know, you've moved back to Connecticut. You're you're a Connecticut person originally. So tell me about that. Tell me the story of it. Well, I'm first of all, I'm, I'm so excited to move back. I, I really miss the ticks and I've never had Lyme <laughs> disease. And, you know, during COVID, we have to, you know, everyone is a bucket list. And I figured if not now, when? Right. You know? No, I was dirty. You know, I had always had plans to kind of move back to Connecticut. But during when COVID happened and like everybody else, it was kind of a domino effect. Every project I was working on kind of went on hold secondarily then my my whole social life in California, which revolved around going to the movies and TCM and all that all that all completely ended. So I was I did feel extremely isolated. And so as a kind of a pet project to keep myself busy, I started working on a book about Connecticut in the movies, which has always kind of fascinated me. I've always thought of it as Connecticut is like the MacGuffin of movies. You know, this is this Hitchcock term. It's a device. And it was always this go-to place as if it's a character in itself. And I thought, you know, wouldn't it be interesting to write a little kind of a fun guidebook of all the movies in Connecticut and just my experiences of growing up there? Well, as I was writing the book, of course, at night I found myself (laughs) scrolling Zillow, looking at houses. And, you know, before you knew it, I ended up purchasing an old farmhouse AKA ye old money pit, very much like the character in Mr. Blanding's Builds His Dream House. I got duped into buying this, you know, farmhouse, which has been wonderful, but it needs a lot more work than I had imagined. But I completed the book. So I started the book in California. But I actually completed it here in Connecticut. Well, I, I want to say a little bit more about this, too, because I think for a long time, Connecticut, not always, but for, you know, it was sort of where Danny Kaye and Bing Crosby went to, to get out of the city. It's in the country. It's nice. It's pretty. There's old things. You know, you wouldn't necessarily know that there are the more kind of working class or aspiringly, you know, middle class people that you see maybe now in a movie like Mystic Pizza or something. For a long time, right? It was this kind of Catherine Hepburn preppy heaven, and the idea that there were cities and people with you know not particularly glamorous jobs that didn't really make it into movies. Well, what's interesting is that I trace the perception of on-screen Connecticut. That's why I call it the MacGuffin. Hmm. It is conveniently used by so many different filmmakers in so many different ways. So many times in terms of Hollywood, the first initial initiation, which also kind of fascinated me because my grandfather, Melvin Douglas, was a part of it in a film called Theodora Goes Wild, for instance, is you have these what I call country living comedies, which is a cynical guy from the city comes to Connecticut, he's transformed by country living and, you know, in the naturalness of the environment, kind of taken down a peg and ends up, you know, moving to Connecticut and living in Connecticut. And that is only just one vein that has been mined again and again and again and again, up until films like The Family Stone, some current movies, that has been a current, you know, come to Connecticut and it's a transformational experience. What I found fascinating 
is as we get into the 50s, it starts to get darker, you know, with films like The Man in the Gray Flannel Suit. And, and then you get into horror films, which is today's perception of Connecticut is if something bad's going to happen to somebody, <laughs> it's pretty much going to be in Connecticut. <laughs> so uh, oh, this is all just terrific stuff. Yeah, actually, because of The Conjuring and other movies, I don't know the way that you know this, but the Connecticut State Tourism Office changed our state slogan to come for the exorcism, stay for the pizza, uh, <laughs> which, I, you know, I think really sort of gets to the movie stuff. Well, boy, Ileana Douglas, it has been so much fun to have you show up uh, at our holiday gathering. And I know I speak for Jim and Al and everybody else here right now. Paul and Lauren are pushing your car out of a snowdrift. We'll get you right back on the road. But uh, thanks for doing this. Thank you, Colin. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Merry Christmas. Bye. Happy holidays. Bye, Eliana. Yes, be careful out there. All right. We're going to have the, the band do another song, and then we'll be right back. I didn't realize that I was breaking all the rules. 
Welcome back. Welcome back to the Colin McEnroe Show Holiday Party with uh, Big Al Anderson, Jim Chapdelaine, Ileana Douglas, the Floor Models or the Post Pandemics or whatever the band is called. Uh, and we just heard uh, All You Ever Do Is Bring Me Down. Al, tell us about that song. I feel like I've heard that song in many places. They, they wanted me to uh, write with this Spanish guy. So uh, I went and did it and, and, and uh, we wrote it and it was like it's, it's got two chords it's got two little, it's just uh, yucky kind of. <laughs> <laughs> You're not selling this. I realized later it's the biggest hit I've ever had all over the world. And two chords. 
So I've learned to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> well, I doubt that very much. But um, so I just, I guess I want to know, like, how, how is everybody? How are you guys feeling? How are you guys doing? I mean, this is such a strange time. And and I guess it is sort of a question that we, we ask one another all the time. But but Al, you feel like you're, you're coming through the pandemic okay? Yeah, I do. It's a good time to be a writer <laughs> rather than a musician. But I'm making a living, living as a writer. And I've been working in Muscle Shoals lately. I just love it down there. It was kind of like freedom I needed from the country music. Right. I think a lot of us also, you know, and, and Jim, I think you're in this category too. We have parts of our jobs that we really can do alone and then parts of our jobs that we sort of require the presence of other people to do. For you, Jim, I mean, it's, it's like a lot of the post-production stuff and everything that you're famous for doing, you can do alone, right? But there's a whole bunch of other stuff that I, I you can. need other people. You know, we, ha- we have our friend Natalie that's been swinging by, oh. helping out. In an odd twist for me, I mean, th- there was everything drawn up because I, my work was, had a lot to do with live music, whether it's mixing live television shows or whatever, everything that was live was no longer live. So that was an the oddest stretch of time since I'm 14, I think. But now, like, corporate people are doing stuff, and you just got an indication. A big corporate job came in. Every time you hear that ding, that means, like, CVS or somebody is calling and saying, can you do this fancy corporate stuff for us? So I've been doing some of that. I think what I might do is restructure the company <laughs> and see how that goes. So I'm just trying to add tools to the toolkit, Colin. Yeah, you should definitely rebrand. You can't be Jim Chapdelaine anymore. You have to sort of, you know, come up. No, I'm talking about restructure CVS. Oh, CVS. Oh. Yeah, I want to re-restructure that. I didn't realize, that, I didn't realize that was among your services that you offer. Oh, It wasn't until the pandemic, right. and then I watched Succession for a while, and I thought, you know, anybody could do that. So I want to ask a little bit more about what it's like touring around and performing here in December of 2021. I mean, Jim, what's it been like just going out on the road and doing shows in front of audiences? You know, audience the attendance is a little down, as you can imagine. Ticket sales are are down, but there's a funny thing going on. Some people, roughly twenty five percent of people who bought tickets and didn't show up, are not requesting refunds. So that helps us, and it helps the venues stay open. Actually, we've had some really good nights. We played some new venues last last night in particular. The band really was. Pretty smoking. Christine Ullman is out with us. Yeah. Although it's speaking to the moment that we we are in right now, there was a big scare at her place of employment, Saturday Night Live. We don't know what happened, but they aired some version of it and they sent her home. Yeah. Um, No, I mean, it was sort of weird because... Like at the end, I mean, Lenny Pickett, he formerly of Tower of Power and stuff like that. He's yep. he's now, I think he replaced G.E. Smith as the leader. Yeah, uh, he's the he's the musical director. Yeah. So there were moments where he was the only, like the, at the end where they there is that kind of sax riff as usually they're all saying goodbye to one another and hugging and things like that that we now know can get you killed. So just don't ever hug anybody. <laughs> but, it's very uh, virtual, right. It's just him out on stage playing sax, you know, and, 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 I think there was a piano player, but the piano player was wrapped in cellophane. Right. But Christine Ullman, yeah, we should say, is the the beehive queen, and she's yep. been with that Saturday Night Live band for a really long time, and she's a fun performer, so that's got to be great that she's with you. So, you know, at this time, when people are maybe worried about their health or worried about what they're going through, I'm wondering if you, Jim Chapdelaine, have a song that you could sing them, you know, either could reassure them that things are going to be all right or that things are not going to be all right. Uh, or they could be okay. They could be okay, yeah. One, two, one. People said don't worry, but I still do. People said don't hurry and I'd try not to Someone said what's your problem but I can't say Someone said why you always looking that way And I said well, it's alright It's not alright well, It's okay It's not okay well, It's alright It's not okay
I won't get too specific So I jumped in my car and I aimed it west out towards the mighty Pacific Someone said, where are you headed now on your little trip? I said, buddy, it's no big deal, I'm just going to take a dip And I said, it's all right It's not okay Well, it's okay It's not okay Well, it's all right It's, it's not, not okay. okay Good luck, everybody You know, I don't know whether you know this, but through this program with Finland, I did this adopt a reindeer thing this year where you just you adopt a reindeer, you take it to your house, you're supposed to keep it for like three months or something, and then they come and get it. At least that's what they say. But I've discovered like these reindeer, they're very willful animals. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, they're, they'll like, you know, you go out in the yard, they'll rear up on their hind legs and kick their hooves out at you and try to butt you with their antlers. So everything you've heard about how nice these reindeer. I mean, I we know they were mean to Rudolph. They wouldn't let him play any reindeer games. But I mean, that's right. that was just the the tip of the iceberg. Exactly. So to speak. That exactly. That is just so much more. They are very angry animals. Yeah. So we we in order to calm down and but also to feel to kind of sweeten the mix, we're going to have you guys do a song that you've done in the past on this show. So this is a song that actually did appear on the TV series Nashville. It's called Every Time I Fall in Love. Al, is there anything you want to say about this song to prepare people for it? It's one of my favorite songs ever. I, I do it every I do it every night. It just it's it's simple and it's just a beautiful song for me, even if I say so myself. Yeah. So this is yeah. <laughs> it's a beautiful song. Big Al wrote it. They're gonna do it right now. My world spin round and round I'm inside out, I'm upside down Every time I fall in love I lose my keys, I lose my cool I never learn, it's like I'm back in school I end up breaking all my rules Every time I fall in love I've been here before And I'll be here again Thank you. 
So that was No Good to Cry, a slightly different sound to No Good to Cry, a song which I believe, at least as a recorded song, will turn 55 years old next year. It was released, I think, originally in, in 1967. 
I'll, I'm not asking you to do the math on this, but do I seem like I'm in, I'm in the right ballpark? Yes. And in fact, when it turns 56, I get the uh, publishing back. Ooh. So, Ooh. so I'm looking forward to getting that back. Right. Michael Jackson had bought it. Um, side deal. <laughs> yeah, well, for a while, Paul McCartney and Michael Jackson. Paul McCartney at one point owned the song, the publishing rights to the song, on Wisconsin, which, like, that doesn't wow. seem right somehow. You know? No. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's not even from there. Right. I mean, I think he bought it at a tag sale or something. It's, in Wisconsin. In Wisconsin. He didn't know he was in Wisconsin. We don't know what this is, eh, but it's laying around here. (laughs) So we should also say that uh, this is a slightly different version of No Good to Cry. This is more... Do, are we calling this, this a, a bossa nova? This is the cocktail, the, the cocktail of version. Bossa nova, I guess. Oh, I have to say something. So this was originally done as a song by the Wild Reeds, which is one of Al's early incarnations. And speaking of the Wild Reeds, while you guys were setting up, well, and I had a certain amount of time that I had to, shall we say, kill, I started opening some mail that I haven't opened for a while. And there's a mail from listeners. And one of them was kind of, I'm not making this up. One of them was a kind of a bulky package with instructions on how to open it and stuff like that. And I opened it and there's, speaking of wild weeds, there's was pot. There was medical marijuana. There's a little case with premium medical marijuana pre-rolls mailed to me along with a Christmas card, which feels, you know, illegal. I don't know if it is, but hey. Did you throw it out? No, I didn't throw it. I just, oh, no, I'm sitting right here. But but I, obviously, I will do nothing to cloud the powers of my mind. And certainly right, not, right. Under, not under these circumstances anyway. Ours come and our minds are pre-clouded, <laughs> just like those are pre-rolled. So this has been our annual holiday special. We believe it might be our eighth annual holiday special with Big Al Anderson and Jim Chapdelaine, the post-pandemics, his new band, say all the same people. We should say it was a really good year for people with just one name releasing music, right? I mean, there was Adele. There was Drake. There was Lorne. Uh, you know, a lot of people out of these sort of one-name artists, you know. Did Sting drop anything? I don't know. Well, he just uh, he dropped a stitch. He was in that murder in yes. the building. He's funny he in that. He dropped a cameo. Yeah. he's. I mean, it's almost more than a cameo. And he's really, yeah. he's pretty funny, too. He plays yeah. Krabby Sting, basically. Yeah, he's gr- Grouchy Sting. Grouchy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Grouchy Sting. So it's time for me to go home and feed the, this reindeer that I adopted from Finland. Don't do, don't adopt a reindeer. That's. If you take one thing away from this show, that probably should Does be Does a reindeer it. have a single name, or is it two names? No, actually, his name is Finnish, and it's extremely hard to pronounce. There's like, But it's s- one word, right? It's one word, and there's like three T's and four Y's yeah. in it. I, I, Expect a single. Yeah. He's going to drop a single any minute. Right. If I, well, no, believe me, he drops more than singles. You should see my yard right now. Uh, but we're going to end, as we usually do, with Al's classic, because a year has passed, and next year we, we hope to be together under different circumstances and maybe standing a little bit closer to one another than we are now. But, yeah, we're going to end, as we usually do, with Trip Around the Sun. We, we, we love you even at, at a distance. <laughs> yes. <laughs> If there's one thing that I've learned from all
never see it coming And always wind up wondering where it went And only time will tell if it was time well spent Just another revelation Celebrating what I should have done These souvenirs from my trip around the sun I'm just hanging on while this old world keeps spinning And it's good to know it's out of my control If there's one thing that I've learned from all this living Is that it wouldn't change a thing if I let go Just enjoy my ride